0: Is an Odyssey original.
1: This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman.
2: And I'm Ken Charles from the KNX studios in Los Angeles. Pfizer has made a couple of big announcements. They say a booster shot will help protect people from the Delta variant. And it doesn't look like the data on vaccines for young children will be ready before the school year starts.
1: You like Italian restaurants? Who doesn't? Yeah, well. Well, There's one in Huntington Beach that's here in California and they say they only want unvaccinated customers.
2: So if I'm vaccinated, I can't get can't a cannoli?
1: Can't <laughs> No, <laughs> you got to If you want you got to leave the mask to get the cannoli.
2: That's fine with the mask cuz I can't eat the cannoli through the mask, but if I'm not vaccinated, I can't go. Then you know what? Fine. I don't want to go. <laughs> 2021 More than halfway over, it's turning out to be a big year for weddings, but if you haven't planned yours or set the date yet, you're out of luck till third quarter next year.
1: And our very own Mike Simpson tells us what it's like to travel as a fully vaccinated person, and he actually is a person in a world still very much dealing with COVID-19.
2: And he is fully vaccinated.
1: Fully vaccinated.
2: So he's both of those things. So I guess he qualifies to be on the show today.
1: And a a couple of cocktails and you're good to go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, all right. You know what? I guess he, but you can't do it from an Italian restaurant in Huntington Beach because he's been vaccinated.
1: That's true. All right. That's but true. let's
2: start with Pfizer, which says its data shows that a booster shot will provide substantial protection against the Delta variant. But can we trust Pfizer? <laughs> <laughs> Booster, I guess that's really an evil laugh, but can we trust any company? Booster shots would obviously be great for the company's bottom line. Dr. Gigi Granville is an immunologist and senior scholar at the John Hopkins Center for Health and Security. Doctor, what do you make of the data from Pfizer?
3: Oh, it definitely requires further study. Um, that's for sure. But um, thankfully, your immune system is a little bit more complicated than just the antibody response. And um, and so the reason why people are pushing back on this booster idea is that you know we have T cells and memory B cells that are that are you know primed and ready to uh, if you get exposed to uh, SARS-CoV-2, ready to, to jump in the fray and to stop the virus from replicating.
0: Doctor, I know that research comes out, new research on a weekly, actually on a daily basis. What was the case last month might not be the case now. A UC San Francisco infectious disease expert told KNX just a, just a, maybe a month, month and a half ago that because of so-called memory cells in our body produced by the vaccines, uh, she didn't think there would be a need for a, a booster, possibly for, f- she said, 5, 10, maybe 20 years, depending on the case. I take it that has all changed because of this Delta variant
3: Um, It hasn't totally changed. I think where a lot of people might see value in a booster shot right now is in in, uh, very special populations where they're not... Um, making as good of a response um, in, in response to the vaccine. You know, they're not responding as well. People with like liver transplants or people who are um, immunocompromised in another another way, they, they might benefit from a booster shot. But even that is um, is not really as big a priority as it is um, stopping community transmission. And stopping community transmission is going to happen by getting people vaccinated to begin with. So not the third shot, but the first shot.
1: Do you think that for those who are, and if they're not in that special category, they they have a compromised immune system or something like like that, but they are fully vaccinated, do you think that perhaps there's a little bit now too much hysteria about the Delta variant and the push, largely by Pfizer, Moderna has been sort of quiet about this for the past few weeks anyway, the push for a booster?
3: I think it's very easy to be skeptical of um, a data set with only a couple dozen people, like the data that they presented. So it's, um, I think, a more robust study needs to happen. Um, We do know that the The vaccines are are effective for as long as we've had them. So, um, you know, Delta is very worrisome, don't get me wrong, but it's primarily worrisome because it's driving community transmission up because so many people have not gotten vaccinated yet.
1: What do you say to people? And I've already heard this from some who are fully vaccinated, who are reading all this stuff, you know, that Pfizer's putting out, and speculation that they hear on maybe on television or in the radio about boosters, and they think, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to wait for the government to tell me. I'm going to go out and get a, a booster shot anyway.
3: Well, <clears throat> we don't have a supply problem in this country, so, and it's not going to do anybody any harm. Um, they might feel have the side effects from the vaccine, and it will throw off the numbers from public health. So so there there is that to consider. But, um, but you know, the best thing, the best uh, effort that we should be putting into right now is making it much more inconvenient for people to go without getting vaccinated and to begin with, because um, that is going to be the persistent problem that keeps us from getting um, getting down to a, a lower rate of, of transmission, and then then you don't need to take your vaccine out for a spin. You know, if you're not getting exposed, then you don't need to worry about it as much. So um, so really, that that has to be the priority of public health and business owners. You know, there's a lot of uh, businesses now. Google today, the federal government, um, it, they're making it a lot harder to be an unvaccinated person and um, it's you know people should be getting the vaccine because it's safe it's effective and it's free but um, but maybe these incentives will get people to get it scheduled.
0: Dr. Gigi a senior scholar at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Dr. Grumball thank you.
1: Speaking of Pfizer, the company says that its data on the safety and efficacy of its vaccine on young children will not be ready until September or later or later. Well, that means the vaccines won't be available for elementary age students before the school year starts.
2: I guess. 10-year-olds can't pay for a third booster vaccine or even the first one. No, no. Well, Dr. Cody Meisner is a pediatric infectious disease specialist at Tufts University. He's a member of the FDA's vaccine advisory panel.
4: Doctor, should we be worried about this? I don't think that uh, parents should be too concerned about this delay, because uh, this delay reflects the concern that the FDA has in balancing safety versus availability of the COVID-19 vaccines. And the FDA has asked, asked both Pfizer and Moderna to increase the number of children in their clinical trials to be able to ensure that these vaccines will be safe uh, when they're administered to children under 12 years of age. You know, so, okay. I'm sorry, go ahead no that's uh, so I, I i think that th- that it, that is demonstrating prudence on behalf of the fda because some of these events that occur after the vaccination such as myocarditis occurring at a rate of about uh one case per 20,000 adolescents uh uh who are injected and if one looks at just one or two thousand children then this safety signal will not be detected
1: you know i was going to ask that a lot of adults might be thinking well what's the the you know the holdup? we've given these vaccines now to hundreds of millions of people around the world adults but but children are just not like tiny adults right when it comes to vaccines that's correct and i
4: think that these vaccines are remarkable they're a gift to us all, uh, not only in the United States, but around the world. And it's there are very, very few reasons why an adult should not be fully vaccinated. Th- these vaccines are safe and they're effective, but we don't know how safe they are in children under 18 years of age, and particularly under 12 years of age. That has not been studied. And I think they will be effective, but we also wanna make sure that the benefit of these vaccines outweighs any adverse events. That is, we don't want the vaccine to cause more hospitalizations than it prevents. And right now, we simply don't know that. So I think think parents should take a measure of reassurance uh, um, on the fact that the FDA is, is really fulfilling their responsibility and... Uh, ensuring the safety of these vaccines.
0: I'm not sure if this next question is maybe out out of your range of what you might know about this issue, but how difficult is it for a company like a Pfizer or a Moderna or a J&J uh, to alter uh, a vaccine to make it effective for children? Uh, obviously, it can't be the same potency, I guess, as what we're, we're giving to adults.
4: Well, that's an excellent question, an excellent point. You know, the vaccine that's being administered to twelve to 16 year old uh, young adolescents is in fact the same dose, the same concentration as is being given to an adult. And um, we are seeing side effects in children that are much less common in uh, adults in those over 24 years of age, specifically the myocarditis issue. So uh, it's, it's entirely appropriate in my opinion, to ask for more subjects enrolled. I don't think it's too difficult for Pfizer or Moderna to expand the uh, number of subjects who are enrolled. The, the, The downside is that of course, it's more expensive to do the study and it'll take longer before the vaccine is available. But I think we all want to be absolutely certain that the vaccine does not cause more hospitalizations due to side effects than it prevents due to a COVID-19 infection.
1: Let me change the topic briefly because you're on the FDA's vaccine advisory panel. Pfizer has been pushing pretty hard for a booster of its existing vaccine. It did so a few weeks ago. Then the CDC and the FDA sort of came out with a joint a uh, uh, press release saying, oh, "Not so fast." Today, Pfizer released some more data showing more antibody bodies after a, a third shot. Are, are you convinced uh, yet that there's a need for a booster? Well, I think
4: um, you have to remember that uh, Moderna and Pfizer have uh, an interest in selling more vaccine. They made over a billion dollars. Uh, both companies uh, in sales for the first quarter of 2021. So they are absolutely delighted. They would love to sell more vaccines, but the facts are we are not seeing breakthrough infections at the present time. And the, the picture may change, but at the present time, we are not seeing breakthrough infections among adults who have been fully vaccinated, that is, two doses of uh, the messenger RNA by vaccines by Pfizer or Moderna or one dose by Johnson & Johnson or Janssen.
1: Well, no, But but we are seeing breakthrough infections, are we not? People who are vaccinated? Well,
4: yeah, you have to be very careful. You're right. Uh, they are being reported, but we're not seeing breakthrough disease. OK. OK. We're seeing people who were appropriately vaccinated who develop maybe a a cold, a runny nose, but we're not seeing disease even due to the Delta variant. The existing vaccines are excellent in keeping us out of the hospital, uh, keeping us out of the intensive care unit, and preventing deaths, which is what we want to do. If there are a few people, a very small number of people who receive the vaccine and still develop a URI, uh, an upper respiratory tract infection, or a mild cold, that's not the reason we're vaccinating. We're vaccinating to prevent death.
0: All right. Dr. Meisner, thank you again. We're speaking with Dr. Cody Meisner. He is a member of the FDA's vaccine advisory panel.
1: It's hard to get surprised by just about anything during the pandemic, but how about a restaurant requiring proof? Ready for this one? Proof that customers are not vaccinated. That's exactly what an Italian restaurant in Huntington Beach. California is doing.
2: Now, I realize we're going to find out, but how do I prove I'm not vaccinated? Like, do I give a blood sample? Do I show you my arm and there's no. like? No, you,
1: you get COVID is, yeah. how you, <laughs> is how you prove it.
2: If I get COVID, right. Yeah. Hey, I have COVID, so can I come in? Yeah. The restaurant Basilico's Pasta y Vino in Huntington Beach has been a haven for COVID skeptics throughout this pandemic. They brushed aside California's mask mandate and ignored warnings and criticisms from Orange County, California inspectors over other COVID restrictions. Tony Roman, wow, that's the perfect name for an Italian restaurant, and he owns this particular one in Huntington Beach. Tony, you can't prove that you're unvaccinated, so what's the whole purpose of this?
5: First of all, thanks for having me on, guys. I I really appreciate it. And uh, that tells me that you're a very smart man, right? Um, It's more (laughs) of an IQ test. Okay. (laughs) More an IQ test. I I mean, obviously, you, you can't prove a negative, right? Right. Yeah, what, so we're but, making a point.
1: But what's the point you're trying to make?
5: Well, you know, you have others who are, I don't know if you know our history, um, but we've never shut down. We've never complied. Zero restrictions. We've been very provocative in our fight. It's been a freedom fight only. It's never been about business. You know, we put everything at risk in this fight for liberty and freedom, um, and we believe in it strongly. Um, so, you know, when when we first posted our no mask sign, uh, you know, which you can see, it's visible. Uh, we banned masks from our restaurant because to us, you know, what they, you know, what they represent for us, it's fear control and surrender. So we banned them. We don't want to see any remnant of the lockdown inside our restaurant. Um, and, and we committed our business as, as a battleground in this fight. Um, so, so when we did that, uh, I mean, the, you know, the hate that rained down on us was just unbelievable. I mean, threats to burn our restaurant down, threats to kill me, uh, you know, uh, come in and poison people. I mean, it was unbelievable. So. Um, so when we started seeing the division created by the vaccine mandates and we could see that, you know, with the variant, uh, that, that people were talking about nonstop in the news, that the signs of another lockdown were coming, we took another provocative stand and, um, you know, we're trying to send a message that, um, that, you know, we don't want to see, to see any more, uh, attempts to divide Americans. And, um, so, so we're making a point and we think that if people can't, read the signs and read between the lines then maybe the next sign we should put up should should basically read you're too stupid to come in you know because it's pretty simple huh? i mean you figure it out right so i'm sure everybody else should uh, uh should as well
0: tony are you vaccinated
5: i am not vaccinated no
0: I'm okay vaccinated. and, and for, for religious reasons for political reasons for, uh, for health reasons
5: i can't answer that um but i'm not you know i can tell you that I'm not vaccinated, Um, and uh, look, I'm not against the vaccination. Okay, I'm not against it. I'm against the mandates, right? But but
1: but Tony, are you? But 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 you sound like a pretty serious guy. So are are you worried though that uh, because you say you're not against vaccinations? Yeah. uh, That your customers might, forgetting about mandate, no mandate, that they may walk away with the notion that they shouldn't get vaccinated when, you know, these vaccines have now been given to hundreds of millions of people around the world. They are clearly effective and they are clearly safe. Uh, You don't want your customers to die on you, especially before they pay the check, do you?
5: Look, we, we started our stand on the first day of the lockdowns. Okay, the very, very first day. It's been 496 days. We have a healthy staff, a clean restaurant. We've never had any health violations. Um, and you know uh, we haven't had any contact tracing back to us zero, so I don't know what your point is. Well,
1: the 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 point is that do you really want to send the message to your customers that there's something what wrong with vaccines that they? Shouldn't? I think the
5: message is clear. What I'm sending is that I'm against tyranny and I'm against and and I'm for freedom. It's a freedom stand. It's not a political stand. You will never see any campaign signs hanging on the windows. You'll never see a Trump flag, you know, flying anywhere, which people probably think that they're gonna see when they drive up. None of that. You won't see any campaign slogans anywhere, uh or or, or political slogans. But you anywhere.
1: do but you do know, Tony, that that yeah. it's it's more than just a personal choice thing, right? That 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 if somebody doesn't get vaccinated, they're somebody that can not only make somebody else sick, but they can make themselves sicker as well. And there have been plenty of examples of that. People who have not been vaccinated thought that they could beat the coronavirus and uh-huh. sadly they lost
5: that's a silly argument that i mean no the only it's way not they a silly argument that... no, no no it is because no, because i the only no it's
1: not you can say because the only way going, to protect
5: not. Listen, go ahead listen um, i don't put up with nonsense the only look if 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 people want to stay safe 100 of the time then they should just stay home that's it they have freedom of choice stay stay home you know uh, i'll wear a moon suit i mean you know what else can i tell you uh uh you know we can't protect protect everybody all the time do you wear a seat right?
1: belt when you drive
5: no you don't wear a seat belt no, if no. I, you know, I mean if i choose lock, to sometimes i do yeah. oh, wait 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 do you wait, lo- wait, wait, a... minute,
1: wait wait do you lock do you lock your door at home or do you figure that you're safe and you can't be protected from everything so keep your doors wide open at night do you that's, do that
5: that's silly because no, it's if not I, why. it is and I'll leave, explain yourself,
1: why. leave yourself unprotected
5: oh listen i'll explain why if i feel safe at that moment. Then, 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 it's unlocked. If I don't, then, then I'll lock it. It's m- it's my choice. And a seatbelt. Look, you you can lock a, a seatbelt in place, right? But you can pull it off too. When you're vaccinated, it's in your body forever. That's the end of it. So, um, so it's a personal choice. Look, like I said, I made it clear to you. Uh, I'm not anti-vaccination. If people want to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. Not in our restaurant. But, um, but a vaccination, if you want to get, get one, it's it's fine. But we shouldn't be forced to. This is not this the former Soviet Union where they ask you, show us your papers. That's not going to happen here. And I'm going to do do my part to make sure it doesn't happen. Any way I can help to make sure it doesn't happen.
0: All right. Tony Roman, owner of
1: Basilico's Pasta y Vino in Huntington Beach. Tony, thank you for joining us. Coming up after a short break, while well, they are anxious, after a year of COVID cancellations, Couples, they're rushing to get married. Between couples that had to postpone their weddings last year and newly engaged couples, 2021 has become the year of the wedding. And I guess
2: 2022 will become the year of the divorce. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but this now means, because of all of the pressure, it's harder and harder to book venues and vendors. Jamie Chang is the owner-operator of Mango Muse Events, a destination wedding planner
6: service in the San Francisco Bay Area. Jamie, what's it been like for you this year? there has been a huge explosion. It's We're calling it sort of the boom or the surge here.
0: Well, uh, is the problem simply what we what we all kind of expected, that so many weddings were postponed last year, rescheduled to this year?
6: Yeah, so that's, that's a big part of it. There's all the couples who've had to wait because, you know, 2020 was 2020. But then there's everybody who's gotten engaged during COVID, you know, over the last year, and then even those who've gotten engaged in the last few months. And so it's sort of a impacted you know huge group of people who are all wanting to get married now
1: now as you know when a lot of people want to do the same thing at pretty much the same time prices tend to go up there tends to be difficulty finding you know choice locations is that happening with getting married
6: Definitely. Uh, the, the demand is high just across the board and we're we do destination weddings. So, you know, we're seeing things in kind of every location and it's there's there's a there's, everyone wants to get married now. It's, it's like the faucet has turned on is the way I like to say it. And it's just gushing.
0: With demand so incredibly high right now, can all the requests still be met or are some couples being forced to maybe scale back their, their big day?
6: Unfortunately, that's that's the case. It's uh, there's only so many vendors and venues and dates in a year, right? And th- there's only so much supply. And so there are definitely couples who have had to, to push their wedding date, you know, to 2022, or even 2023, depending on what they want. Um, it's, it's, it's all about flexibility. Now, honestly, it's with the demand, you, you have to be flexible. And if you want to get married this year.
1: So it, it, in your particular business, walk us briefly through what would happen. A, a couple comes in to you and says, Charles well, walks in the get... door. I, I walk in the door. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm walking in the door right now. There we go. Uh, and I say, I want to get married uh, and I want to get married in two weeks and I want to go wherever. So what are you going to tell me? And am I going to be disappointed because so many other people want to do the same thing?
6: Yeah, it's uh, the reality check is important. It's definitely a conversation I am having with couples, you know, right this moment who want to get married, let's say in the next month, or the next couple of months. It's um, to understand kind of what you're diving into is really important for for couples getting married now, or even even thinking about next year, to be really honest, next year is shaping up to be really busy as well. So I think it's about understanding what what you're diving into and what that could mean. And if you have your heart really set on a place, or a date, or, you know, a particular, let's say, photographer or something like those are the things you may have to be flexible on or give up in order to get married now.
1: So
0: fair to say, then, that some couples who come in and ask for your services, you know, they're going to get married when they want to get married. But you may suggest to them, listen, if you want everything you want to have as elaborate as as what you you might want, uh, would you would you consider next year or possibly the year after? Or in some cases, might they maybe justice of the peace now and then have their big wedding celebration at a later date?
6: Yes. So yes to both, really. Um, you could definitely push it and then have a lot, just a lot more options and choice um, depending on what you want. But there are definitely couples who are doing something small right now and then having the the sort of big shindig next year or the following. It, there's there's definitely both options for sure. It's, it's just merely a matter of what you're looking for and what you want.
1: So uh, let's continue that scenario that Chris set up for me before. So I'm walking in your door, right? I'm still walking in. Now I'm in. I want to get married. You tell me, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Do people then say, do they kind of like reach into their wallet and say, but I'm going to give you X amount more. So I want to do what I want to do now.
6: There are definitely some of those scenarios. I, I personally have not experienced that, but I have heard stories and the problem is that even if you throw money at it, it doesn't necessarily solve the availability issue. Um, and I think that's that's really the thing that's happening now is it's just the demand is so high and the supply is low, kind of like with everything post COVID, <laughs> that um, it's just, it's a hard thing to fix if it's just not available. I, once again, I think flexibility is the key. And so if you can you can consider a different date, a weekday, a different time of year, um, a different type of venue. And then you have more options. But if your heart is set on something, it's, it's, you know, it it is what it is. Like if it's booked, it's booked.
0: Another decade. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much. And good luck with, with uh, all the, uh, all the uh, people who want to get married.
6: <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Jamie
0: Chang, owner and operator
1: of Mango Muse Events. Have you been to a restaurant recently?
2: Uh, Yes, but not one in Huntington Beach.
1: (laughs) Well, if you've been to one, you know that a lot of them won't give you a, uh, a paper or, you know, a cardboard or whatever it is menu. They use a QR code and you use that to see the menu. That's because a lot of restaurants are moving away from paper menus because of the pandemic, they say.
2: Well, that may be good for the restaurants, but is it really good for you? Those QR codes are tracking you surprise surprise pamela dixon is executive director of the world privacy forum pamela what are the things we need to be aware of
7: qr codes are not all the same and some are a bit malicious and uh, there, there are some privacy risks that also come with qr codes it depends completely on how a restaurant has set them up what kind of qr codes they're using there's a couple different types whether it's a free um, app that's built the QR code or not. And it depends on how much they want to track you, but don't be mistaken. If there's a restaurant that wants to really track and do analytics with QR codes, they can, and it's, um, it's a problem.
0: Yeah. And it kind of goes in a full circle for safety reasons. We agree to use the QR code for our menu in a restaurant. Uh, At least Charles does. I haven't yet. Uh, But at the same time, we're giving up our privacy rights. So is there anything a person can do in a situation like that to protect themselves? Or is this simply a sign of the times? Got to live with it if you want to do it.
7: I don't know there's really a couple of answers to that question. I do think that there are there are going to be people who want the QR codes, and you know, some of them are really safe. If it one of the key things to ask a restaurant is, are you using a free QR code generator? And if the answer is yes, you might want to ask for a regular menu or go to their website on your on your phone. But if they say no, we built our own, we really know what it's doing, we know where it's leading you, the URL is safe, um, the menu's safe, then then you should be okay. But um, it's a great idea to understand if that restaurant is also keeping your information and if that restaurant is selling your information.
1: So uh, when you say selling it, there's a possibility that because you order a hamburger at a restaurant off of their QR menu, you may start getting bombarded with, what, ads for hamburgers? <laughs>
7: I hope not. No, actually it's a little bit different than that. I think most restaurants are using this more for kind of like a Google analytics kind of a thing where they want to know, okay, who's coming in, where are they coming in, especially for chains, they want to know where it's popular, how many, you know, menu hits are we getting compared to purchases. And you know what items on the menu are getting purchased the most. I think a lot of restaurants are going to be utilizing it for that reason. But I think the problem is is that people just don't realize that this is a paradigm, you know, difference. A paper menu isn't going to track you quite the same way as a QR menu.
0: Okay, so if I'm a restaurant owner and I'm listening to you on the radio right now here on KNX, and I and I think okay, I I don't want my customers to think that I'm taking their information. Uh, what could I do as a restaurant owner or, or can things be done by the restaurant owners to assure their customers that, no, we're not going to sell your information or give it out or use it?
7: Yep. There's two really big things that restaurant owners can do. Number one, don't use a free QR code generator. Go ahead and purchase a QR code generator that you can really trust and that is built for the hospitality industry. And there's, there's a competitive market out there for that and they can help you keep it free from what's called QR uh, phishing and QR malware. And that's a really important thing to do for your customers. And then the second thing that uh, restaurants can do is post a privacy policy um, along with that QR code that says we are not going to sell or share or rent or lease any of your information. We're just using it to help you order. That's what they can do. And I think that building trust with customers is so, so important right now because there's a lot of, technology and you know vaccine and pandemic-related issues that are um, becoming less and less voluntary and more and more mandatory, right? <laughs> so I think that building that trust is super important.
1: You know what I love? I love the restaurants where they tell you the pretext for the QR code, as they say, we're doing that because we wanna be, you know, sort of antiseptic because of the pandemic, but then when you get to the dessert part, part they hand you a menu. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta
0: love that. I love right. that, yeah, I do. <laughs>
7: Yeah, Desserts, I sh- sugar has antiseptic properties. Oh, is that it? <laughs> that <must be> it. <laughs> okay. I
0: can't help but think that if you're a restaurant owner and you want to help appeal to your clients uh, who might come in and say, "Hey, listen, I don't want to get caught up in this QR code uh, situation," uh, that you could actually attract more customers by saying, "We're not going to use your information."
7: I think so, too. And, you know, I think it's really nice for people to have the option of using a QR code um, if they want to. But as long as it's a trustable QR code, um, one that is not free and one that is, you know, really suit, you really, really know um, who's helping you make that QR code and it's not linking to a third party side and getting rerouted and whatnot. You really want that to be secure. And I think that will really help. Um, I also think it's great to have a paper option because not all QR codes are um, really great for people who are low or um, you know reduced vision. So you've got to be really careful with that, too, because if a lot of restaurants are putting their menus in PDF form and that's not always completely ADA compliant, so it can help um, those with some vision issues to also really get it done right.
1: But, of course, then you can't see the price.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? That can help in some cases.
1: All right, Pamela. Thank you. Pamela Dixon, executive director of the World Privacy Forum. Uh, usually I'm hosting this podcast with Mike Simpson, but this week he's on vacation. He just got back from Hawaii. He's on his way to New York City.
2: And we wanted to know what it's like to be a fully vaccinated person in a world that wants to get back to normal but is still very much dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Mike, by the way, you will never have to prove your bravery to me again after getting on a plane, not only going to Hawaii, but now getting on another one and going to New York. So there's lots of rules, lots of regulations. I know it's crazy. What was your experience like?
8: There's a couple of ways to get in. Uh, first is quarantine, which nobody wants to do because you want to go to the beach, right? Second is to test your way in and then shorten your uh, quarantine down to, like, nothing. Um, the other is to load up into the system before you go. And the whole state of Hawaii has this system where you can fill out your flights, you can upload your vaccination card, and then you'll be good to go from there. And the trick with that is to do it before you go, when you have your flights, and then show up at the airport, and you've got to do, like, this 24-hour health screening, you know, where you say, oh, I don't feel sick today. I'm not coughing. I'm I'm not wheezing. And then do it before you get to the islands, pre-clear. So like you're going to go to check in to get your boarding pass in the old days, go to that desk and show them your QR code, which is going to be sent to your email. And that way, when you get to Honolulu or whatever island you're going to, you don't have to stick in, like, an hour-long line there. You're just ready to hit the ground.
1: I love the way you said, Mike, in the old days. The, <laughs> just go to the desk like in the old yeah. days. The, what, did you find uh, other things on the island uh, difficult because of the pandemic? I know we had talked on the show about uh, the scarcity of rental cars, uh, restaurants being difficult to get into. Did you find any of that? So,
8: the guy who was going to book our rental car, my friend, he waited way too long. So the other half of the group had theirs because they got theirs a long time ago. But he resorted to doing uh, this app called Turo, which is basically like renting a car from just somebody who has a car. So they charge a couple hundred dollars for a couple hundred days. And so, yeah, we got the rental car, but we had to do it almost like a private party kind of rental because those were still a little scarce. Everything else seems pretty normal. You can tell that there are still like some capacity limits um, masks on when you go into stores, not on at all outside because you know paradise. Uh, and then the resorts kind of were like a little bit loosey goosey with it because I feel there was this sense where everybody thought that they either had tested or vaccinated themselves to get there. So then once they were like in this resort area, then they just pretty much took them off and threw them to the wayside.
0: How crazy were the airports?
8: Um, I went Long Beach. So it was super easy. So there's a a pro tip. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't go to LAX. (laughs) But, um, yeah, they were busy, but not not crazy bad. So the second part of the trip is LAX to JFK tonight. So that's when I expect to see actual people all over the
1: place. After sipping uh, enough cocktails, do you feel sufficiently fortified against COVID?
8: (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel good. I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) You'll, you'll feel wonderful with the pineapple on your drink,
0: right? That's right. All you need. Absolutely. I understand you're also planning a trip to Europe uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, what kind of adv- advice are you getting on on what you're going to need to know and do before that adventure?
8: Yeah, so we're going to see if we can make that work, like in September. But so the, the UK obviously said today that Americans, you can now come, um, but you've got to have to test before you go, a couple days, and then you're going to have to test once you've been there a couple days. Uh, So that's fine. Just set up before you go. And and a lot of the airlines have a place like a portal now where you can book your tests before you even get there. So, you know, at least where to show up two days in. Um, But the other thing is you've got to test to get back into the U.S. still. So there is uh, if you Google it, the CDC will allow you to do a telehealth COVID test like an at home. You can do it from your hotel room. You just have to have someone watch you stick the thing in your nose, so they know you're not cheating.
1: <laughs> I want to know who who's the person that has to watch know, that, right? <laughs> it's like
8: you thought you were setting up for this call center or call center job, but then you know, oh no, I'm sorry, you're going to watch people stick their nose uh, all day long. So, but they'll they'll use that as long as there's proof that somebody watched you do it. You can take a test from like the comfort of your hotel room a few days before you come back. And that way you can get back into, you know, this country without too much difficulty.
1: Did you think at any point while you're in Hawaii, I'm leaving Hawaii because? Yeah,
8: um, to go to New York. I didn't want to leave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We probably uh, won't see anything like the pandemic shutdowns of last year. But don't be surprised if your favorite bar or restaurant is closed sometime soon in Los Angeles. We've seen a handful of restaurants close temporarily due to staffing shortages caused by the Delta variant. And now in Seattle, at least nine bars forced to close over the weekend. Because a worker had tested positive for COVID-19 or came into contact with an infected person. One of the bar's owners says, it's just a big bummer. We all want to get out of this pandemic. Well, I'll drink to that. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> been the phrase, I guess, for the last eighteen months. It's just been a big bummer. Yeah. <laughs> What's not a bummer? This podcast. And you can get it at odyssey.com the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And please don't forget, hit the subscribe button.